All right, folks, welcome back to Life's Mount West Basketball. Or, I'll keep it here. Mount West Dwyer Basketball Podcast. There we go. That's right. In my daily saving time screwed with me, Eli. That's what happened. Oh, man. Are you just <laughs> okay? I'm good. My pets are not so much, but it happens. Huh. That's They're like, feed me. It's time to eat. I'm like, oh, I guess it is. Have some food. <laughs> <laughs> this is our final basketball podcast before we get to the actual regular season. Check us out, mwire.com. We have a, a million basketball-related items up on the site. Team previews, capsules, top 25, bold predictions we'll get to at the end. And uh, we got some news items from a couple of different players who may not be playing or could be playing. But this particular episode, we're going to focus on, because we are, time cut up to us, Eli. Boise State, Fresno State, San Diego State, UNLV. That's where the teams we're talking about today. And then, uh, like I said, we may do some big picture stuff. But the season, if you're listening to this, it's probably Monday, I'm guessing. Nevada takes on BYU day one, game one, right? That's a big game, and a few others. Yeah. And as for our schedule, we'll figure it out as we go, but we'll probably do something, what, once a week maybe? maybe yeah, I think so. Once every we'll 10 days. Do that. We'll see. Because the schedule's so weird, it's hard to talk about stuff where, oh, there's a game tomorrow, or there's a game right now. So it's like, well, we'll see. But we'll, we'll keep you guys updated a couple times a month and then more regular once the actual conference season comes around because it's easier that way to keep a good schedule to knowing who plays when and – what to talk about. So what team should we go through first on, on, on the list here? Boise, Fresno, San Diego State, or UNLV? What do you, what's your choice? Uh, let's go with Boise State first. Ah, our good old team. Boise State, still year two removed from Nick Duncan, right? Is that what we're at? A couple years yep. That's okay, though. Boise State, so. <laughs> Is it, though? <laughs> I don't know. It's never too old, right? It's always He's always hanging around on Twitter occasionally, right? Yeah, I love that guy. All right, so this team. What we do know, they lost their. Would you would you classify Chandler Hutchinson as their best player ever? Perhaps. I mean, for modern era, yeah, I would go. I would go that far. Last last fifteen years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, for sure. Since they've actually been good the past six years. <laughs> yeah, he's a good one. All right, so for this team here, yeah, they lose Hutchinson, they lose um, like Lexus Williams, they lose Christian Seg- Snegfelder. That's a good name. Seg, is that right, Snegfelder? Yep, sure. Christian Sangfelder. Mm-hmm. I was trying to give that hard G for some reason. Sangfelder, <laughs> no. But this team, okay, here's what we know about the team. They were predicted middle of the pack in the conference because we kind of know how the, uh, or we already know how the media ranked the teams um, as I'm screaming. I did not put this in front of me. What were they? Were they fifth, I want to say? I believe Boise State was fourth. No, fourth. So they're they basically behind Nevada. Here's what you know. They're not ahead of Nevada. They're not ahead of New Mexico. They're not ahead of San Diego State. Mm-hmm. So, so they're next in line. And... I would argue, let's start the coaching staff super quick because an argument could be made they might have the best coach in the Mountain West in Leon Rice. There is definitely an argument there. I know Nevada fans are throwing rocks at me, but I'm just saying, he's, he's one of the better coaches from what he's done for this team. I know Nevada's been terrible, or before Musselman came on, let me rephrase that, in between Trent Richardson and him. But he's done, you're up in freaking Boise. You're a football school. It's like, how many football and combo basketball schools are really that good? So he also... I think he's also our favorite coach because he likes to light the floor on fire, literally. <laughs> he's a crazy guy. He does a bunch of different things to help motivate his players and also a lot of marketing for his program, saying he'll do certain stunts. Like last year, he rode a horse around campus so they could sell out a game. I think it might have been against Nevada. But, yeah, he's he's an awesome coach, and he does a lot of fun things for the university as well. You know what I call him? I'll call him the Mark Pope of the Mountain West. Mark Pope does some crazy okay, stuff. Okay, that's high praise. <laughs> I'm just saying, when you do your coaches show for chair picker, want to do the bachelor? Come on, you gotta keep it, keep it up, right? <laughs> that's right. But ask the team itself. So, like we met, like 
kidding aside, Leon Rice is a really good coach. He's brought Boise to be exceed their pro their best era ever. But going to NCAA tournaments, a couple of Dayton appearances, and and playing quite well, getting a couple guys in the NBA or getting close to the NBA. So now let's start with this. Uh, Eli. They have to replace Hutchinson. Um, is it going to be one guy? Give me two or three guys? Because I know Alex Hobb is pretty good. It's going to have to be a mix of guys. I think the addition of Roderick Williams, uh, Juco transfer, is going to be pretty huge. He'll probably be an immediate starter and could score upwards of 10, 11 points per game. But Marcus Dickinson and Alex Hobbs in the backcourt is going to be pretty pivotal. Both of those guys averaged fewer than nine points a game last year. And so they'll have to step it up now with Chandler Hutchison and his 20 points of production gone. Um, but they'll have to see production from a number of different positions, I would imagine. Or And it could also come down low with guys like Zach Haney or David Wacker if they want to chip in a little bit more. Um, but I don't, I don't think it's going to be just one player that can replace Chandler Hutchison. That would be asking quite a lot. So when they come back, like, what would they – it's not going to be a different team that we normally see, and it's going to be the same team, just new faces. And probably, I'm guessing, instead of Hutchinson being like he was actually the one guy, you just said spread it around to have four guys double digits. Like, where do they, like, it's not just, sorry, I'm kind of scrambling here. I pulled up the, I got the right year here. I'm not wrong with that. I'm just saying. Like last time where I was looking at last year's one. But what? how would they adjust when they, because they're, not that you just watch Hutchinson play, but he took most of the shots, scored most of the points. They got to have some leader somewhere, right? Well, I would say that last year might have been more of an anomaly because I don't think Boise State has had – they've had good players the last half decade or since Leon Rice joined the team in 2010. So their style is usually more based around spreading the ball and having a lot of movement on offense. So I think it'll revert to how they usually play offensively. Last year was a bit of a an anomaly, I say, because – it's not often you have a score of Hutchison's caliber and a guy that can be a first-round NBA draft choice. So I think you'll see a lot more balanced scoring than you did last year. Yeah, because if you go back, I think years before, they had, like, joking aside, Nick Duncan would score some points. They have uh, Drimmick score a lot of points. They had a lot of different guys. And also remember, because when Hutchison, not to keep going back to him, but he his improvement from year to year was one of the best in all of college basketball from – how many few games he played is the progression you don't see very often where he played very few games, scored a couple points and his production, just kind of his output was one of a kind. Do you think there's a guy who's done that the past year or two that could make a big leap or like you said, they're just going to go and spread it around and may, maybe have their lane score be 12, 13 points, but three guys do that. Well, I think Justin Ian Jessup is probably going to lead the team in scoring. He's their leading returning scorer at nearly 12 points a game one of the best perimeter shooters in the conference, and so I think he'll take a bit of a leap forward this season. But going back to our original points, I think the spread, the offensive production is going to be pretty well balanced. They they do also add Pat Dembley, who's a pretty good JUCO transfer, and so he should be able to pitch in. He played quite a bit in Boise State's exhibitions. I've been hearing good things about him. So I think it's going to come in a variety of uh, outlets, but Justinian Jessup, if you have to pick one, I think he's going to lead the team uh, in terms of offense. So, to replace, not to keep, again, I'm going to go back to Hutchinson. First, last year in points, rebounds, assists, and steals. So, <laughs> there's going to be a lot to have to make up for what he did, but I, the way, because Leon Rice, he's had seven 20 win seasons out of eight. And so, it doesn't matter who's coming through. He has good talent, and he coaches his guys up to play well. And so, and they have a decent amount of returning guys from last year as well, right? Besides 
Williams, who could start, Dembley's coming in as well from like the JUCO guys. They, it's not like a team where yeah you lose your best player, but it's not like they lose like eighty percent of their scoring or offensive or defensive production. Yeah, it's not like the cabinet's completely empty. It's still a pretty solid roster, top to bottom. But you lose a star player, and that's why throughout the off season, so many people have been asking, how do you replace Chandler Hutchison? And I don't think there is necessarily one answer to that question. But Leon Rice, I don't know if there's any other coach you would want to have this type of issue. Leon Rice will be able to figure it out. I think he will as well. And they and watch they play and what they do throughout the year. It's like just pay attention to them because they're going to be a team with who's above them. They're going to sneak up on somebody. What you lost to Boise? You lost to what? You San Diego State couldn't be Boise State. What's going on? They're going to be a team I think that's going to sneak up on people just because the. There's a clear top four in this conference, right? I mean, well, obviously clear number one, I think. And then after that, it's not really that cl- – it's kind of a gap after Aztecs and New Mexico. And Yeah, I think Boise State's right in that conversation as well. If things come come together as they should, I think Boise State will be right in that two to four range. But preseason, pro- people probably think – at least in my opinion, what I've seen, they're probably behind – people are talking more Aztecs. Because Aztecs fans are talking, we're going to win the conference. We're going to beat Nevada. We beat them last year. Lobo's like, we made the title game. We're going to do this. And Boise State lost in the quarterfinals in the Mountain West Tournament. I mean, it's the Mountain West Tournament has been this program's Achilles heel the last few years, and that's the reason why they haven't notched nearly as many tournament appearances as you would imagine. So, I mean, they'll have to position themselves better for the Mountain West Tournament than they have in recent years. Um, but even with the loss of Chandler Hutchison and also Sangfelder and Williams, two other senior starters, I think this team is going to be in really good shape. Um, they're an excellent rebounding team. They're fluid on offense. Um, and getting to 20 wins, I think, is certainly attainable once again. Well, and also, let's get their schedule really quick. They challenge themselves in the non-conference schedule to look at the home. Especially, let's start there, the home-and-home home with Oregon. That's kind of rare. Top 15 team, home-and-home. Home. They get Oregon. They go to Green Canyon. They have a, they uh, play Drake, who's usually pretty decent. They have a not like they have a decent non-conference schedule to challenge them just enough, and some games where they can. Oh, we got this. Idaho State, we're good. Alabama State, we're good. We can take care of those teams. So I, I like their schedule. It's enough where it's a good balance of good teams and some teams that they can get some confidence and win. Yeah, and those two games against Oregon should be really competitive. We've seen what those two teams have done in recent years. Almost every game has been decided by one possession. Buzzer I beer. think they're able. Yeah, the last year's buzzer beater, Alexis Williams at uh, half court, and they've had some excellent games. So I think that this, though this year's, uh, I guess, duo of games does favor Oregon, a top 15, top 20 team nationally. I think Boise State is able to win at least one of the games. I think they're they're capable of doing that the way these two teams play against one another. Um, and that'll be a good quality win for Boise State if they're able to manage that. So I, I do like the schedule quite a bit. I think there are some nice tests away from home and definitely some winnable games as well. So I, I think they'll be in good shape. I do like to head out to the Cayman Islands, which could be a decent to get Creighton, maybe playing St. Bonaventure's, Georgia State's okay teams, nothing amazing, but tournament setting, it's, and there's some, it's, it's not like you're playing, who is it, uh, what Utah State used to do for their local tournament where they play like three non-Division one teams or something. And there, and there's a section in this non-conference schedule. They're away from home for quite a bit. They play Jackson State on November 16th, and they aren't back in Boise until they host Central Washington on December 8th. That's so right. they'll have to a month go to 
Yeah, almost a month. They're Cayman Islands Classic. They're at Drake and at Grand Canyon over that span. And then they have just one one more game at home, and then they're back on the road. So it's a, it's a trying schedule for sure. What's up with them having an exhibition on Monday? I don't know. Are other teams I, doing that? I feel like most of the exhibitions are just about wrapped up as of yesterday. Yeah, there are a couple, I saw a couple on Sunday. Pac-12 Network was – because I was watching Utah lose to Arizona State football. Great. But they <laughs> were pumping like Arizona, blah, 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 Sunday exhibition. I'm like, okay, cool. Because their opener, because Boise's opener is November 10th. A lot of teams, because basketball is finally doing it right. They actually have a, with the Champions Classic, an essential, essentially an opening day where mm-hmm. they have a bunch of good teams and a nice tournament for a doubleheader on, on Tuesday the 6th, which is nice. But Boise doesn't tip until they host Idaho State in the 10th. So there's... I, maybe it's a scheduling quirk of who they can get and win, but you're right. Like after that game on the 16th, whew, they are away for a while. Then like Green Green Canyon will be a t- tough one. Are they were they predicted to be the WAC champs this year, or was it New Mexico uh, State? I think it was still New Mexico State, but I want to say Green Canyon was at least top three. Yeah, that that game's gonna challenge them all, and often they go to well, tough WAC, place to play. Yeah, I forget what the arena's called, but they put everything into basketball. Mm-hmm. They have nice seats. Dan Marley's in a, has spray tan. He doesn't need spray tan. You're a Phoenix fan. Let's go sit outside for 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but I like their schedule. Then when they get the league play, they have Alabama State, cool, whatever. LMUs are all right. It's like Pacific, Oregon. Then they got Wyoming and San Diego State. Their first three of four games are pretty tough in conference play. Not that we're going to go through every setup, but at Wyoming, San Diego State, whatever, at San Jose, then hosting Nevada. That's, that's a pretty daunting way. Then add in Oregon as well the week before. That first week of January, or first two weeks of January, could uh, be pretty telling. I think it could be, um, but if like if things click and get together, I think Boise State will be in a good position to finish strong. But this is one of the tougher non-conference schedules in in uh, the Mountain West this year. I attempted to. I don't know if I get to it, but I was good to like a Ken Palm comp, like schedule ranking and non-conference schedule ranking. I'd be curious to see where that would be. It's hard to judge because the tournament stuff. But you're right. I guess just the two Oregon games make up for a lot of teams. How many teams are playing two ranked opponents in non-conference play? Not many. And also the neutral site game against Creighton is pretty big as well. That is. That's part of the, uh, was it the, uh, what did it say? Uh, Cayman Islands on Facebook, folks. Facebook basketball. Uh, anything else about this team? Because we're going to roll through a bunch of teams. We can't spend too much time in every single one here. Uh, I don't really have any other notes to mention. Where did you predict them in our preseason stuff? I had Boise State uh, fifth. Did I have them fourth, I think? I think so, yeah. I don't remember. I should pull that up maybe. All right, next team. Let's get to Fresno State here. So Fresno State has, uh, like, our top five. Like, Eli, did you notice we had four, was it four of the five were Nevada players in the top five, I think? Yeah. Oh, so yeah. Deshaun Taylor was the non, was the highest rated guard and the highest rated non-Nevada player number two. He could be a team, like, we kind of, I think we briefly touched on them last time with, uh, oh, shoot, what's the Montel Frazier? Harris. Marvel Harris. Marvel Harris with Fresno years ago, where he would put up 30 plus points and nearly beat Arizona and, near, and beat and play could be competitive in the conference. Uh, does Taylor have that same kind of capability, you think, possibly to be the one guy to maybe, if they're going to get some upsets, it's because of him? I mean, he can definitely take over. And his role this year is uh, more point guard oriented. He's going to have the ball quite a lot. Fresno State does lose a number of their go to scorers from this past season. Bryson Williams, Jerron Hopkins, Ray Bowles, Jamel Taylor, all those guys averaged more than nine points a game last year, and they've graduated or transferred. So Deshaun Taylor will have to carry a lot more of the scoring load this year. So we could see some 
uh, Justin James type production or their type nights out of Deshaun Taylor this year. That might have to be the case. We can only hope, right? It'll be fun. So I guess we bre- we glossed over this. Uh, they have a new head coach. Maybe we should start with they that, do. right? Um, I still, I kind of get, but I don't get it that Rodney Terry went to uh, UTEP of all places because it's a bit of a head scratcher. There was wasn't there if I recall. I should look this up too. Wasn't there some issues like kind of administration a little bit? Yes. Mm-hmm. And him, so it's like you go to UTEP. Who to give UTEP credit? They have like they have been decent basketball occasionally. There's not like it's a wasteland going to some. No offense to random Big West or West Coast Conference school at the bottom. You know what I mean? So UTEP's conference USA, say they're okay, but they haven't been at three. Tim Floyd quit last year after what five games? I believe it was six games. They've been bad of late, but it's a place where you could win. But they bring in. Houston up coming up the road from San Diego State, who brings in I think look who he's been coaching with, with Steve Fisher, with a Dutcher who's been Dutcher who's been there forever. I think it's clearly a good move because it was a shocker of them needing a coach first of all because didn't happen like during the Mountain West tournament. Yeah, the report came out the day after they lost I, or something. Yeah, I think so. All right, no, it was a it was like a day before the Mountain West tournament began because we had some fans that were chanting. Uh, UTEP at Rodney Terry during the game. Oh, imagine if they won the conference tournament. <laughs> that, would, that wouldn't happen, but we're just saying. Um, but bringing in a guy who is familiar with the conference, familiar with the state, and the pro and the league. It's, well, I already said that the league. It's a fine hire. It's a good hire because I don't remember who his candidates around. Probably um, who's the guy we joke about all the time? Who's always in the mix for a job? Um, former Nevada coach. Um, who was it? I feel like I mean, there's I feel like there's a lot of different guys that we can go with that. Trent Johnson. Yeah, was it Trent Johnson always in the mix? He wants a job again or something. <laughs> yeah, I, I, he wasn't really mentioned with this one. It was I believe the final two candidates were Hudson and uh, Dedrick Taylor. That's right. Oh, Taylor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so that's a good hire. So we'll see how how he comes out. But they also have a couple of transfers like Noah Blackwell from Long Beach State, uh, Braxton Huggins from New Mexico State. They have a couple of guys who are going to come in. Do you think they're going to start right away or be close to it? Blackwell and Huggins should start immediately. Mm-hmm. They're not good? Yeah, for sure. And they'll carry some of the scoring load that was left from last year's players. But I think the X factor for this team is going to be some of the role guys. Like Sam Bittner is a very capable perimeter shooter. Nate Grimes, who sat out exhibition and close scrimmage due to eligibility concerns. I'm not sure if he's going to be ready for Tuesday's opener. We have him as one of our breakout candidates. He's been really productive in the short minutes that he played under Rodney Terry. So if he gets more playing time, I think he could be pretty solid. Um, and then there's some quality guys on the bench. So what do we know what Huston, what what Houston will do for this? Like what they're going to do on offensively or defensively? Do we have any clue of what is he going to kind of run? What he what San Diego State runs, which we're familiar with, a bunch of athletic players, staunch defense, and and they have obviously a shooter and Taylor and a few other guys. Is that is that your understanding what they might do? Bring that same mentality? I think it could be similar. I mean, I'm sure we'll see some traces of what Aztec basketball has been the last decade or so within Hudson's system. But it does sound like Justin Hudson wants to make this team run quite a bit. And pretty much every coach says that during media days or during yeah. the offseason that they want to control tempo and such. But I think – with Fresno State, how this team is built, or at least how this roster is built, I think that would be a pretty good style offensively. As far as defense goes, it's probably going to be man-to-man, um, probably more standard to what San Diego State has been. 
And since Hudson has uh, showed up in Fresno, Sadie's already signed or made offers to lanky type uh, long players, long wingspans, you know, athletic. So that seems to be the type of build or the type of roster he's going to try to construct. All right, so I know we're going to get to our bullets up later on, but how bold would it be for me to say Taylor could be player of the year? I mean, he was number two in our ranking, so yeah. I, I think it's certainly possible. Obviously, the smart money is on a Nevada player, either one of the Martin Twins or Caroline, but Deshaun Taylor could certainly do it. Well, if you give me the field, clearly take a Nevada player. It's like, okay, would you take a Nevada player or anybody else in the conference? Would you take Nevada? Uh, I mean, I feel like Justin James and Deshaun Taylor are going to put up some big numbers this year. They'd have to, yeah, okay. So it's tough. No, that's fine. Yeah. I'd probably still I'd, go Nevada. I would probably go Nevada to play it safe, but it's not completely unreasonable to think Taylor James could win player of the year. All right, so let's, right. Get, let's get to our schedule here because we want to bust through these. Don't spend a ton, too much time. All right, so they have a schedule. We need to get Alaska Anchorage, TCU. Technically, as air quotes, power conference team, TCU. <laughs> They've got a decent program now. They're yeah. they're on the upswing. No, okay, they have. It wasn't their isn't their head coach the guy who was at SFA at Pittsburgh. Oh, Pittsburgh. Oh, I uh, yeah, Jimmy Dixon. Oh, Jimmy Dixon. I thought they took the. No, oh, he went to. Never mind. I think Chris Beard, who was all, whatever. Oh right. I, I don't know. Why I thought about that, but uh, so but they they do have a decent schedule. Like they got TCU. They have Northwestern. Um, so when they play um this tournament, is that Miami, Ohio, or Miami, Florida? They could be facing. Out in Fullerton. Uh, Miami, Florida, or LaSalle. Okay, this is Miami on the schedule. Mm -hmm. So they have the potential to play some pretty good teams, like Seton Hall's on there, um, Utah, maybe Grand Canyon, depending on how it plays out. Pacific's all right. Like, they have some decent... They like California as well. They play all the Cal schools. You know what I mean? Cal Poly, Long Beach State. They get every... Hey, they get UVU. Yeah, excellent. There you oh, go. Oh, man, it's not an Orem. I'd go... I'd li I now live like four minutes from the campus. I... Oh, man. Should, should go and see... Oh, no, it's at Fresno. I know, I should. How about that California game? We'll see former Boise State point guard Paris Austin take on Deshaun Taylor. That, That'd be pretty fun. That should be pretty good. But, but no, but their schedule, you would say Boise's schedule is better than this, though, who we just talked about? Or I they, would say so, but Fresno State's schedule is pretty solid. I think it's more, I'd say Boise, I guess, technically top-heavy because of those Oregon games. But maybe this one might be a bit more balanced, I think. As in, it, there, there is some balance, for sure. Yeah, mm -hmm. as, as been being, I think being more challenged more often than Boise might be. Because Weber State's usually pretty good in the big sky. Except the big west schools, Long, Long Beach State's usually all right. So they're not any pushover. But they – I noticed in their schedule, you see they don't travel very far. Are they pulling to St. Mary's here? What's up with this? <laughs> I mean, it, it works for now. I think you don't want to uh, put too much of a test on your guys in the first year of the new head coach. It's it's nice, though, because, like, it's, it is, it's, it's too much things. But, look, they get Cal at home. They, get, they play a home stretch of – December 28th until December 29th, they're all at home. That's nice, right? Yeah, for sure. Why not I think one? Fresno State could get up to 9, 10 wins in non-conference play. So when they get to the league play, like, who would be like, they are, they're probably, for me, the same category as Boise State. They're kind of a team that, like I said, oh, wait, you lost to Fresno or you lost to Boise? Like, it wouldn't shock me over, too, shock me too much that they host New Mexico and beat them for the home, home leg of that game. I, I mean, yeah, Fresno State's capable of beating most of the top three, top four teams in the conference, I'd say. I just want to see when they play, like, Taylor have, like, a 45-point game. We need a guy from any – would he? well, we already got Justin James. We're going to have two guys who could put up 35 points any given night. 
I want to see Wyoming. My game, one of my games of the years, Wyoming Fresno State. Let's just see what happens. Right? Oh man, that would be so much fun. They play in Laramie. Twice. They both just go off. They play in Laramie. They it's, they uh, they do get them twice this year. They get the home at home. So that's what that's that's gonna be a sneaky good under the radar game. If you want to watch points, it's uh I'm not sure. It looks like it's gonna be Mountain was streaming for the uh, game in Fresno. I'm not sure about Wyoming. Same thing. So check those ones out. Those are gonna be pretty nice to see to see how many points they can put up. But they have like oh man, they got a tough stretch too. Man, look at that Nevada at Boise, San Diego State. It's hard too when you look at league play. It's like oh they have a tough stretch. Everybody has a tough stretch here and there. So it's like oh if you go through three games, but that those couple are quite interesting. They do get San Jose State end of the year, which is always you know what I mean who do, who, do, who doesn't want that right? Who does not want That's to play right. the Spartans on the final week of the season? Uh I don't know. Overall, they're a team. Where do you, you put them middle of the pack? Could they finish top two? Would that be too much to ask for a first year? Yeah, coach? I think I think top two is pushing it. I think their ceiling is probably third or fourth. All right, third or fourth. All right, we, let's move along. Do we anything else you want to add about this team here? Or are we uh, good? We're talking about Taylor and Houston. Houston, excuse me. Uh, I I think we've touched on just about everything. I just saw my phone light up. Rostein tweeted that uh, Isaac. Isaac LaKelly, who is a former Fresno State signee, he just had 18 points for Oklahoma State in a scrimmage. So, Dude. not to end on a sour note, but that's too bad. <laughs> Rodney, yeah, Rodney Terry now with UTEP. He's been poaching a lot of Fresno State guys. He has. Um, all right, so let's uh, let's move on to the next game here. Now, or excuse me, I'm in football mode. We got games team because we'll get the game soon enough. We'll finally get to talk about games in about uh, depends next time we podcast. But next team, I think we should discuss. San Diego State because they're pretty hyped up at what they can do this year. Yeah, for sure. Let's move to the Aztecs. What's your laugh level of them saying they'll beat Nevada for sure for the conference title? What level of laughter would that be? One to five with five being hysterical crying. Uh, like a three. Three middle. That's what I thought. Too. What do you, like, What do you think? Are you at a five? I I'm more of a four and a half. Or I I, I it's not Ooh, possible. Okay. It's not impossible. But come on, it's like no. I don't think – I'm not going to say – well, okay, I shouldn't say no because they did play them well. They beat them in the tournament and the final game of the regular season, right? I believe it was, something mm-hmm. like that. But I'm not discounting – it sounds like I'm just kind of San Diego State, but, again, I like I like teams that score offense as people complain to me in the football show. Like, you only like offense. I'm like, true, because points are fun, right? But I would say it's like – like, if it's Nevada or the field, it's Nevada, clearly. Like – you say, like, you won't even roll picks, Final Four in Nevada. We talked about last time. Matt Norlander is basically saying CBS, if it was if it was Kentucky, Kansas, heck, even Texas, Arizona on their jersey, they'd be number one preseason heavy favorite to win the whole thing. Like, they'd be 3-1 to one to win the national title if they had a different name on the front of their jersey. And so I'm going to go, like, a 4-4-4-4-4 four four, four, four because it's not po- impossible, but I would pick Nevada in every game this year. I don't care. I'm, I'm changing my answer. I'm going down to a, I'm going down to a two. Ooh, what's up with that? Why? Okay, well, here's the thing. <laughs> I though I understand where you're coming with uh, with your rebuttal there, and Nevada's a top ten team, and like the stuff that Norlander said. But I I don't know if I'm sold on Nevada defensively, and that's what makes San Diego State wait, so wait, good. Wait, 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 but San Diego State, what offense do they have, man? Come on. Well, I mean, it's it's not bad. You have Devin Watson and, and uh, Jalen McDaniels and Matt Mitchell, so there's three double-digit scores right there. 
No, it is. It's, half, it's better than it was. Yeah, yeah. Half, half kidding. Because, yeah, yeah. But still, it's like it's they are. You're right because well, we don't want to make this Nevada preview, but I think you're right for what they can do defensively. And as we mentioned, they have all these new guys coming in. They're not used to playing fewer minutes per game, and which could be a great or could be who knows. We'll see how it goes when they they open up against a decent BYU team and going up against a guy with Yuli Childs who could be. Like, does AP go three deep All American typically? Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. He could be a potential like All American guy for BYU. Yuli Childs is that good, or he could win West Coast Conference Player of the Year in that league. So they got. We'll see how that goes, Game One. But for the Aztecs, that's the one thing I want to see. Like, I want the offense. If it's like what I say in football as well, if their offense is anything decent, they're gonna they're like impossible to beat. If this offense gets a little bit better, and their defense did struggle, it wasn't as dominant as it has been the past couple of years. But if their offense can come close to level their defense, like even say fifteen percent closer, they yeah they could beat Nevada. They could be a Sweet Sixteen team. But you got to kind of show me a little bit. Offense will be more consistent than a one year thing. Yeah, and I think that's that's what happened in their Mountain West tournament game against Nevada. They were just unconscious from the field. Everything was going in. Devin Watson was hitting everything, and that's going to happen sometimes. But my main concern for San Diego State is their depth because their fresh their bench is going to be almost entirely freshmen or lightly played sophomores. Like Jordan Shackles projected to be their only non freshman bench player and he scored three points a game last year. And that's not to say that he's not good. I think he's going to develop into a pretty solid basketball player, but that's my concern because Nevada has 15, 17-point scores coming off the bench, and San Diego State has freshmen and some unproven guys. So I think that's where Nevada distances itself from the rest of the pack. But to, to say that San Diego State isn't capable of winning the game in the NCAA tournament I think would be pretty silly. Jalen McDaniels is going to be really good. I'm, I'm so stoked to watch him play this year. Because he came on late last year like and just kind of started tearing it up and doing amazing things. And he, like, we mentioned Sean Taylor, player of the year. McDaniels could be in the mix as well. Should be in the mix, assuming he improves as much as he can. One quick quick fact from our good buddies at Three Man Weave. I'm looking over some of their kind of studying up. Did you take a look at that Ken Palm chart of their offensive efficiency over the past uh, almost 20 years, 16 years? What's that? They've been top 65 Ken Palm only three times since 2002. Yikes. It just hasn't been an offensive-led program. And so if that could change with like McDaniels, maybe even Jeremy Hemsley does something at the guard position, they're going to need their starters to score points. So like Watson, they're great. Like you mentioned, Watson, Mitchell, McDaniels are really good. And I think I'm going to say this is the year they're going to be, hmm, I'm debating on saying this out loud or not. <laughs> Keep it to Go for it. Go for it. Oh, this is, this is a super hot take. Okay. Let's they might, it. they might have the best offense in the conference. Ooh, man. Is that am I going too far on the limb on that? Nevada fans are going to hate you for that. But uh, but what's your what's your explanation? I'm curious. Well, the the improvement in McDaniel's from year one to year two, right? That's part of it. Mm-hmm. That like he only scored what ten points last year, eleven points. If he can, if I know they have fewer players all around, which is an issue because if they have less players, they take more shots, you can get more tired. But I'm thinking the experience they have the look. They're super confident from last year as well. They went. Made the NCAA tournament by winning the Mountainless Conference tournament. They beat Nevada twice. They have guys back who were young last year. And also, look at Brian Dutcher. Like his, Dutcher, excuse me, his first year, like I mentioned, the adjusted offenses. He was a 77th in Ken Palm. 
which would have been like fifth ever compared to any Steve Fisher team. Mm-hmm. And so he's already starting a leg up on already having a pretty good offense. And so I just think the experience coming back, that's why I think, okay, if they're not the best, they'll be the best improved. Like say whatever metric you want to use it, like their percentage jump will be probably the biggest in the conference. I'll, I'll leave, I'm, I'm confident saying that, that their jump from last year to this year, say just offense, like say they were 77. Could they be a top 40 team offensively, possibly top 50 team? Adjusted offense. It could happen. Yeah, so it could happen. I think they'll have the biggest jump, which could mean they might have the best offense overall in the conference. I'm not saying they will, but hey, you want to go on a limb a little bit? You want to stretch your legs? You see what's out there? Yeah, that's right. I, you know, it seemed to me, and I'm curious if it seemed to you as well that last year's San Diego State offense was just so much more fluid than it was in the last few years of Steve Fisher. Yeah, true. Because we joked like we had podcasts like, can they shoot 45 percent from the field? You know what I mean? Like, shoot the ball. They could not shoot the ball. Or you've had guys like Xavier Thames who'd want to – it was the weirdest thing when he was playing. With, I think that was the year they lost to uh, Gulf Coast, Florida Gulf Coast. Cause he was very athletic. He would take the ball and just – or even Jamal Franklin. Like, look what he's doing in China. Him and Jimmer Fredette are going head-to-head for, like, MVPs the past couple of years. Like, he's putting up a ton of points. They would have a guy where they would rush up down the court as fast as they could and would try to fast-break everybody. But their set offense was kind of abysmal, really. It would be kind of like the uh, Houston Rockets a little bit, the team I watch more often than not. <laughs> right. Where you want a fast break or let's go down and there's whatever the shot clock is now, it changes for all the time in college hoops. But four seconds off the shot clock can shoot a long three. Why was those guys? Why were those guys doing that occasionally for San Diego State? Like they'd go quick and shoot right away. Or they'd hold the ball forever. But you're right. They were – they've been there have been offenses, offenses where they just don't look good passing the ball around and moving. They want – the defense lead the fast breaks, which is great. But if that ever stops, you got to have a set offense that's at least decent. And their offensive efficiency in the final three years of Steve Fisher, uh, they, they never finished higher than 160th, and they were 77th last year, mm-hmm. um, led in large part by two freshmen in McDaniels and Mitchell. There you go. But like we can we can see just watching them play, it just seems like they're – they're fun to watch. But on offense, yeah, they're they're fun to watch. They're running plays. Uh, they just seem a lot more comfortable and not timid when they're shooting or on the offensive side. So I, I think they are able to open up a little bit. But I think my one of my biggest question marks is regarding Jalen McDaniels because I think he's in a similar situation as Shakur Justin, who we'll touch on next. And he is a guy who ran mostly the four last year, much like Juicen next to Brandon McCoy. McDaniels was paired up um, with Malik Pope down low, and now he is probably going to move more to the five unless Nolan Narain is uh, is able to improve quite a bit. He was somewhat of a role player last year. So I'm curious how that works out because he played the five in San Jose State's exhibition this past weekend. I'm not saying he isn't capable of doing it, but it is a bit of an adjustment, and Jalen McDaniels, though the, a lot of people have said that he's been putting on muscle and such, he still is a pretty skinny guy at six foot ten. He doesn't have a ton of weight or build on him, and I think that does change throughout the season as he uh, continues to work out and fill out his body. But um, that is something to keep an eye out on. All right. So with who they play this year's schedule, the biggest thing everybody's looking forward to is head out to. The best tournament name ever, Maui Gym, Maui Invitational. That's with, right. With hopefully, is Bill, are we a Bill Walton Duke San Diego State matchup possibly? Could that happen Be on the call? Please. I, I mean, I don't know if I would enjoy that. I'm I'm still not, not a Bill Walton advocate. I'm sorry. Oh man, 
penalties. What's wrong? That's okay. But but that tournament is what we're looking forward to the most. They face Duke, who who doesn't want to see Zion Williamson throw down at like what is he six eight five hundred pounds and two percent body fat. That's gonna be so <laughs> fun, giant dude. That will I. They're probably not. I'll probably say they're probably not gonna win that game, right? No. No, but I think it could be competitive. It'll be a great because what was what is Duke? Are they number two preseason? Number three. I think they? they're I think they're number four. Want to say? I I thought, I wish their schedule had it here, but that game it's a decent tip time because it's noon in Hawaii, so it's also what's that? Uh, four Pacific, right? Five Mountain Time, I think. Mm-hmm. Hey, leave work leave work early, folks. Come on, it's around Thanksgiving, right? The Thanksgiving week. Yeah, I gotta get out of class and watch this. Let's <laughs> get pull up the Watch ESPN app. There you go, Eli. Like, yeah, that'll work. Do you don't what you don't get the whole week off of school? Mm, on the nineteenth, I'm pretty sure I'm in class. <laughs> <laughs> but that it's game, the it's the student hustle. <laughs> I know that's what you gotta do. It's like, come on. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm I trying to pull up the bracket here. I didn't have it. Who else is in this tournament? I'm trying to see. Um, well, San Diego State will play either Auburn or Xavier in their second game. Okay. You also got like Arizona's not very good in this year. Gonzaga, Illinois, Iowa State, Auburn. It's stacked. It's a loaded field. It's always a great field because I think um, mm-hmm. is it? Um, I'm thinking next year. Sorry, but yeah, here here's the schedule here. But they can. This will help either. If the Mountain West is going to get multiple at-large teams this year, which is a possibility, I think, beating Duke goes a long way. But even if they don't, which seems the most likely outcome, playing Auburn or Xavier is not bad. Heck, any team they play will be a pretty good team. Like Any team to win will, depending on what the net thing is, I don't know how that's figured out, even though we got a sneak peek of it, I think, earlier this week. They're probably playing a Tier 1 game in every in all four of these, right? Or all three of these. I would think so. Mm-hmm. Least, Getting two wins in Maui would be huge. Yeah, they can get two wins because that would be a fifth-place finish. Uh, I think it won, and then it'd be even better. But we'll see. That's going to be the that's the most. Is it the most high profile game in non conference? Let you think. Out yeah, all, for all, sure. Not for them, but I mean the conference as a whole, any team. I think playing Duke is going to be the biggest non conference game. Okay, because we had. I assume you don't have time to finish ranking this, so we'll just discuss that now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a uh, a process we just started like two months ago, <laughs> not two weeks ago, essentially, but. Then, then they ease up a little bit. They got they do have BYU, which is a pretty good, which will be, no, scratch that. That will be an amazing game because they hate each other so bad. That's right. <laughs> BYU, yeah. they, got, they go to Cal, so another Cal team. They always play San Diego. Luckily, it's not at Petco Park. Um, the dreaded oh, <laughs> the dreaded Missouri Valley-Illinois State game. Is Illinois State, Illinois State, aren't, are they supposed to be good this year? Yeah, they're supposed to be pretty good. Aren't mm-hmm. they preseason Missouri Valley champs, I thought? I, right I don't. That? I don't believe so. I think it's still loyal to Chicago, but they're probably top three as well. They'll be solid this year. And they have a decent schedule. They got Cal State Northridge. They got a Brown. Got some Ivy League in there. It's a decent. However, again, I forget why I mentioned last week about something with schedule. But when you schedule something called Cal State Dominguez Hills, you can't complain about other team schedules. <laughs> yeah, there's there usually is one of those kind of like California schools on their schedule that is just that I don't know who they are, but San Diego State just runs them out of the building. Play. I'm like seriously. Why play them? Because yeah, it may not count, but play. Maybe they're playing it because it doesn't count. Because here's a serious question, you know, Maybe this kind of gaming the system a little bit. Why play, say, a sub 200 Ken Palm team from the Big West or West Coast Conference that'll drag your thing, your thing down all year, your numbers down, or play a non D1 school that doesn't count? Yeah, I mean, it's usually wiser just to play the non D1 team. Okay, that's what I was thinking. There, it's kind of what Missouri Valley used to do years ago with the RPI kind of. Not finagling it, but they would play middle of the pack road teams against games they could win against like Big Ten teams. So they play like uh, whoever's 
at the bottom of the Big Ten every year. So, um, you know, what I just pulled up on my computer screen real quick. What do you got? I have the San Diego State San Diego box score from the Petco Park game. <laughs> what happened? Oh my gosh! San Diego State led their San Diego led this one thirty nine to eighteen with fifteen minutes left. Aren't you, aren't you glad those days are over? I, I'm hoping so. That's my point. I want oh, this offense but... to be fun because I don't want to be Big Ten basketball. I don't want a score to possibly realize this is a good football game when it's really a bad basketball game. Gosh. Like it, you'll see this like this week, especially this Saturday, ne- the next month essentially. All right, you see um, a um, random game. Okay, it's a. 40, 42, 20, like 42-20 game. Well, that's a big scoring football game. No, there's 16 minutes left in some Big Ten Mac game or something. It's usually a Wisconsin game, exactly. isn't it? It yeah. seems to usually be Wisconsin. Or Big Ten, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like a Purdue playing basketball or something who doesn't score points. Hey, don't don't you dare hate on the Boilermen. <laughs> oh, I apologize. <laughs> I, I apologize. Hey, they're doing good at football this year. That's got to be something. That's right. right. But your Huskies, oh, oof, yikes. Yeah. Same with my youths. Tyler Huntley, done for the year. Uh, unfortunate. Mm. Stupid collarbone. Here. All right, so are they going to finish second in the conference, you think? Yeah, I think so. I think uh, anything besides second would be a bit of a surprise. Okay. All right, excellent. So let's go on to our next team. We're talking UNLV now. Is that our final team here? Yep. Rebel fans, do they not like us as much? I don't know. It's hard to tell sometimes. Uh, I mean, they're not going to like us after what I have to say. We're more. I'd say we're realist, realistic, right? Yeah, but sometimes that's what drives the hate. <laughs> all right, so you start off. What's your what's the thing they're gonna yell at us about again? For the record, I probably muted all the people that yell or fight with us on Twitter accounts. So go spin the win if you want. Can <laughs> I can I dive into one of my bold predictions that yeah. I posted earlier today? Yeah, we'll get into those after this. But what is it? What do you got? This doesn't feel that bold to me. Um, but I but I wrote it down here because I think a lot of people are going to disagree, and that's fine. But I think the Rebels are only going to finish ahead of San Jose State and Air Force this year. Oh, boy. <laughs> they are going to be worse than, let me pull the team here, Colorado State. Yes. Who just had one of their – who is it that's registering this year? One of their key players? Deion James is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, behind Utah State, who has a new head coach. Yes. And does not have uh, Kobe McEwen anymore. That's right. They have Nick Duncan 2.0 and Sam Merrill. they're going to finish worse than wyoming yes what's your reasoning behind that well okay here's the deal with unlv they were eighth last year so it's not a stretch you say so it's not really a stretch if you think about it no when you think about it and that and last year's team had brandon mccoy uh, a five-star mcdonald's all-american jovan warren and jordan johnson who both averaged more than 13 and a half points per game each of those three guys are gone, and a lot of people have UNLV picked as high as fourth, and I don't know where that comes from. Dude, uh, because it's, it's not like they... the ghost of Tark is on the sideline. Come on, oh, gosh, I just I don't get it. I, <laughs> I don't get it. And Shakur Juson, I think, is is certainly one of the best players in this conference. But when they lose Brandon McCoy, that means a lot of the defensive assignments that opponents are going to show this year will focus in on Juicin because he's so dominant down low. So I don't know if he's going to be nearly as effective as he was last year playing alongside McCoy. Uh, they don't have any five-star freshmen coming in this year, though Trey Woodbury and um, Bryce Hamilton are really good shooters. I just don't know if this 
is going to turn around as a lot of people imagine. You know why it's not going to turn around? I'm looking at our staff votes for the when we did our preseason predictions for order of finish. We had a one vote between third and ninth place. See, no one, no one really seems to know. Yeah, there was two fifth and two sevenths. It was all over the place. And but uh, yeah, it's it's part of it is because it's the name, which they'll get a little bump for that because it's the Rebels. That's why they're still able to get some good talent to come to town occasionally. But you have to actually watch them. They haven't been good in years, right? And they haven't been what UNLV typically is. And I'm what should, and, no, but what should they be? Like, should they be? Because I picked them. You picked them seventh. I picked them eighth. Or wait, um, no, sorry. I had them seven. You had them eight. And uh, this is back in like two months ago. We did all these, but that's fine because your bold prediction can be different. So seriously, what should expectations be year in year? Should they be a team where they should be conference contenders every year? Is that what the level of play should be? I know that's what fans say it is, but is that real realistic ever what we've seen in the past decade? So I ba- think it's basically since yeah. Lon Kruger left, they haven't been that good. I mean, I think that is what the expectation should be or what UNLV fans and administration want it to be. I think they should compete for a top three spot in the Mountain West and compete for an NCAA tournament bid just about every season. Yeah, I think I think top four should be – I think that's where they should be, right? Every mm-hmm. year. They should be competing for top third of the conference. And I, if UNLV misses the tournament this year, it'll be the sixth year in a row that the NCAA tournament does not have UNLV in its bracket. Distant memories, folks. Jimmy Kimmel is not coming back to sit on the court side to watch these games. <laughs> He's a big Rebel fan, so you got to get him. In, get how you can get him to uh, the what's it called? Um, shoot, he was it not T-Mobile? It's um, Thomas and Mac. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How do they get him to come courtside for a game when he's not doing a show live? That's what you, know. that's what you know. He made it, man. Get Kimmel back on courtside, right? <laughs> yeah. Once you have the stars back in Vegas, and that's uh, that's the goal. So for so for the team, realistically, like you mentioned, they're going to probably finish bottom third. If they like, I don't know why some people have them fourth. I I would say. Like if they over here's the reason why it could happen. Like the tiers, you have Nevada, Aztecs, New Mexico are clearly the top three teams. I would still say one or excuse me, UNLV is behind kind of they're in the same jumble of Boise and Fresno State, but I'd still put them behind those two teams. And depending what Justin James does for Wyoming, he could surprise and knock off what UNLV twice because he scores thirty eight points. And so best case scenario for me is like maybe fourth, and that's kind of reaching, I think. It it is the best case scenario. I mean, we have essentially five teams that are almost locked in right now with Nevada first, either San Diego State or New Mexico in second or third, and then San Jose State and Air Force <laughs> at ten and eleven, right? So three through excuse me, four through nine is it's that's wide open. So UNLV, their their ceiling is probably fourth and their basement is probably ninth. And I just so happen to have them in ninth. <laughs> So let me ask you this: They have. I'm looking at their roster. They have like five or six new players this year. Could this be a team where they pull a San Diego State, where they start off doing okay and then kind of peak late in the year? Well, it's going to have to be the opposite of what it was last year because UNLV peaked early and then they faded <laughs> yeah, late. Exactly. You know when they when we were at the start of December and UNLV was looking arguably like the best team in the conference. So we did have a power ranking one week where UNLV was at number one. They had those two overtime games against Northern Iowa and Arizona. They mm-hmm. looked great in both of those. Um, and they finished non-conference play 11-2, and two, and then they just faded down the stretch. 
So something has to change, and UNLV is going to have to stay healthy throughout the year. Um, but Marvin Menzies, it seemed like he's a bit more confident with this group and, and making sure that they sustain their success throughout the year. And I think that's going to be the key for this team. I think their non-cover schedule is not impressive. Sorry. I don't like it. Why is that? Well, look who they play, man. They play a bunch <laughs> of whoever's from the Big West and West Coast Conference, right? It, it, I mean, it is it is Big West loaded, that's for they, sure. The first month they play home games every week, every day. LMU, UC Riverside, Oakland, Pacific, Southern Utah. I guess, is that a, a throwback to Todd Simon or something? To, hey, drive down yeah. the 60 miles to play us? Um, Valpo, then they do get Cincinnati. Valpo's okay. Don't disregard Valpo. Cincinnati is, is good, should be pretty good as typical. But – Come on! I didn't. Then they do go to um, Illinois to play. They get BYU at T-Mobile, so neutral, I guess, or whatever. But then they head to Hawaii for the Diamond Classic. But this non-coverage schedule doesn't excite me at all. If I'm a Rebel fan, I mean the first half is very weak, but the second half isn't that bad. Oh, it, it does get better. Yeah. So Valpo, Cincy, Illinois, BYU, and then whoever they play out in Hawaii, which could include like Colorado, potentially mm-hmm. Big Twelve or excuse me, Pac-12 team. So, and Diamond Classic's usually a pretty good tournament over Christmas. So there is that, but it's, uh, it's, it, it gives, maybe it reverses my point where they'll start off strong because they could, like, even though you predict them at the bottom, like, why can't they be undefeated heading into, like, the Valpo or Cincy game? They certainly could. Yeah, they, they, they certainly could. Do you think they have any chance of beating Cincinnati? On the road? No, I don't think no, so. No, it's at home. It's at Thomas and Mack. Is it? Yeah, it's, it's a home game, yeah. Oh, that's weird. I'm on uh, D1 DACA, and they have it listed at Cincinnati. Uh, at home, no, I, I still don't know about that. Cincinnati is a pretty tough program. Sure. I remember, we remember last year, Nevada game, so there's that. So get a bit of yeah. luck and let them come back. It could, I mean, it, it should be a competitive game, though. It should be a decent one. But then overall, like, they'll have some wins, they'll have some confidence. And then when they start league play a little bit, they got CSU, which should be fine. Hosty Wyoming, which, eh, iffy. But it'll be, I don't know. I, I just don't see, like, the only teams I'd say they're for sure better than, like, if I'm going to be, I guess I should look at my ranking they have, but, like, if I'm going to say, te- like, the only teams for sure, I'll say 100% they're better than, is Air Force and San Jose State. They are probably better than Utah State. And probably Colorado State. That still puts them maybe seven. <laughs> what about Wyoming? What do you think about Wyoming? I would say they have the best player on the court, so I'd give them the edge. In Justin James. You think Justin James is, is better than Shakur Justin? I think so, yeah. I, I'm not saying he isn't. I think that's just kind of interesting. <laughs> He's asking. I, I think Justin James could score 45 points if he wants to, and I don't think Justin can do that. Mm-hmm. So that's my point. Like, again, I'm an offensive guy, apparently, so there's that. <laughs> well, like, and, I mean, it's, and it's Justin, close. It's yeah. close, but I'd still put it well, I mean, slightly ahead. Like, what I'm saying, like, probably for sure, those are the only teams I'd say I'd put you on the ahead of if I had to pick. Like, if you're. Yeah, that's where I'm. I'm just going that route. Like, I'm not saying they're better than UNLV or Wyoming, vice versa, but I'd put Wyoming just above them, like I did in my ranking. So, mm-hmm. what I mean, was- they they lose a lot on offense, and their defense last year was bad, and it it might be worse this year now that Brandon McCoy is gone. I mean, they were 174th in defensive efficiency last year with a seven foot McDonald's All American on the team. So. Like that's that's a tough situation right there. All right. So what what's your um 
well, for the Rebels here, I guess we already talked, we already talked about we're replacing them, but would they uh, only accept an IT bid, I'm assuming? Yeah, I would think so. And, and I still think UNLV could get up to 20 wins again. Yes. And I think that a lot of that credit is due to the non-conference schedule, which they should stack up a lot of wins. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's the only reason why non-conference. But is it good enough to get them to that spot? Well, I don't. I certainly don't think that they're better than last year. And last year they didn't get to the NIT. They didn't play any postseason games. They, they Marvin Menzies has not been to postseason tournaments since he's been there. So, all right. Should we get to your stupid, crazy, bold picks? And I'll toss in a few extras of my own. Yeah, let's do it. So these are always fun. Go check these out. They're at MWR. Dot com. They'll be on the homepage, probably the top picture for the next couple of days because it's basketball season. And sorry, football, during this week, you may take a, a small step back. Small, I said. But, <laughs> no, it's, it's it's what we do here. So you pulled out nine bold projections. Um, should I should I read them off and then you give me your thoughts? Yeah, let's do that. Go, I was pull, yeah, go for it. Start with them. Um, let's All just right. go with one. All right. Number one, I have Wyoming's Justin James scores 25 points a game. <sighs> That's not bold enough for me. Oh, man, higher than 25? <laughs> I, I like him a lot, man. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, he's uh, not going to average 30. No, I would say, uh, no, you're at the right spot to make me question, like, should he score 27 or 22 a game? Wow, I, that's that's a, that's the hot spot right there. I that like is, that. That is. So I think 20 is a, a given, right? Because mm-hmm. he did For average sure. almost 19 a game last year. Uh, I think um, it's a good bold one. I, w- I would say he he can achieve that. Okay. Uh, should we, let's, we need to attach a metric to this. Uh, one through ten boldness. Uh, I'd say that one's like a five, six. Okay. It's fairly bold. All right. Next one. Justinian Jessup, Anthony Mathis, and Sam Merrill combined to make 353 pointers. And just as a side note, they made 286 last year. Oh, man. Um, I think they'll get that because Sam Merrill will get more shots because McEwen's not on the team anymore. Mm-hmm. And didn't um, am I correct on that? That Craig Smith likes to be more push the ball a little bit more. Yeah, he'll he'll run far more tempo than Duryea did. That's what I was thinking. So I think it could. Be, I think it'll be because Matt Mathis will get more attempts this year. Even though New Mexico has some, a few more players coming in from transfer and eligibility, I think he the way he played later in the year, if I'm correct, he kind of plus didn't he miss a couple of games that stupid odd suspension type deal thing? Wasn't he involved in that as well? Who's that? Mathis wasn't he one of the Lobos players that kind of. Uh, Got caught up in that? I don't believe so. Oh, maybe not. He played 34 games last year. I yeah. will go. I will go four, and I will say I'll give that a seven. Okay. I think All right. I'll do it. It'll be close. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Next one. Close. New Mexico is the Mountain West final undefeated team. Ooh. On the surface, that's like a 10 plus. Ooh, okay. Because, because just without reading your blurb, because, mm-hmm. yeah, like the non-conference schedule. Like we mentioned, New Mexico, excuse me, not New Mexico, UNLV, was did quite well in non-conference season because of who you play. So if you're not, let me pull up their, I should have this in front of me, but they're non-conference slate. But you're correct where Nevada opens, like, to be all, to be honest, as I mentioned, I talked about Yoli Childs earlier for, for a hot second for the San Diego State. I would not be, it would not, I would not, here's the thing. This is going to be a hot take. Though. This might be 11. <laughs> Nevada might lose week one, game one. There's a possibility. Yeah, I've been hearing that training a bit more the last few days. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not Will Moppet saying it's going to happen. <laughs> I'm just saying BYU is a good team. It's it, here's a couple reasons why they really should have been second in the West Coast Conference. St. Mary's is being overrated. I think they should not be number three on that list. BYU, even though it was like a one point difference. And the only reason BYU got a first place vote because you can't vote for yourself. So Mark Few voted for BYU. 
So there's that as well. Uh-huh. But they could be – I don't think they'll be all one, but Yoli Childs, I've seen him play. He's really good. Now, had BYU had Haas in the game, I think – was it Nick Haas? Is that who's suspended nine games? Tyler? Tyler Tyler Haas, one of the Haas guys. There's a couple. Uh-huh. He's out for the first nine <laughs> games. If he's playing, I'd okay. be more likely to say that could happen. But it wouldn't, like, shock shock me to the, to the floor that they lose that game. But they're going to win. However, when they have now this is New Mexico Northridge, they have I don't know without their best player. New Mexico State at home, UTEP who has a new coach at Bradley. Um, I think you're. I still think it's a hot thing because New Mexico State always gives them trouble, and they do play St. Mary's. Mm-hmm. Whereas Nevada or Nevada has they have uh, BYU, they have Pacific. Who else do they have early on? For for Nevada, yeah. Do you have that in front of you? I mean, I don't have the early games, but I did note that they play South Dakota State, BYU, and then away from home they have Loyola, Chicago, USC, and Arizona State. So I'm... that's not easy. Do you want me to call it if you're right or not, or just kind of explain what we're doing with it? Because it's a well. Tough, it's what a what number are you attaching to this in terms of boldness? Oh, man, I will go with a nine. I'll go, I'll go a nine. Okay. You know, you know what's funny? I saw earlier today. I think Gary Parish wrote that. He predicts that Nevada is going to be the nation's final undefeated team. He so did. it's kind of funny that he, I uh, go the opposite route with that one. That is true because I did hear – I've been listening to their podcast a bit more just because to be a better basketball fan, you should listen to their show because it's amazing. Uh, I, he did. He said like they could be like, like 28 or something. <laughs> so yeah, ridiculous. it's possible. You're not far off, but the boldness is – I'll go a 10. I think it's a boldness. Okay, that, all right. I think it's a, it is a possibility because – no kidding. BYU is a good enough team who wins 20-plus games every year, and they could lose week game one. Because another couple of reasons. You have a little company, new, new new talent coming in. Um, yes, you have most of your starters back, but how is Musselman going to handle the rotation? I know the Washington scrimmage was a scrimmage, but I think they're going to win probably 10-plus points, but I would not be shocked because that's a game closer than people think. Yeah, it could be a close game. All right, I'm moving on to number four. I have Nico Carvacho logging 15 double doubles this year. Ooh, 15. He had 13 in 68 games or appearances. The same thing, yep. I guess, not starts. They're going to play probably. So if you cut that into a season, that's about six and a half, if you think about it. Um, boldness, I'll go like a seven, but I don't think it's going to happen. Okay. Because I think he'll score enough. I just don't know if he'll get the rebounds because, or any other double double. Are you, wait, hold on. Are you assuming it's rebounds and points? Yes. <laughs> okay, just, just make yeah. sure because you could – hey, 10 steals a game. Go for it, man. That'd be awesome. Oh, gosh. That ball this uh, would be a 10. If Carvacho's getting 10 steals a game, CSU's uh, going on the way. Um, um. It's, it's not going to happen, but I would say, like, when's the last – like, com- getting a double-double in college possible is not, like, super common either. Usually well, – yeah. Right? It's right? true. It's true, but like Nico, the reason I included this one is Nico Carvacho was pretty close to averaging a double-double last year. What did he average last year? 10.3 rebounds a game and 9.2 points per game. Ooh. Hmm. So, actually, no, no, he, he, no he's going to get it. He will. He'll get it. I'll say he gets it. Okay. All right. I think I'll go one step further. I think he'll average a double double. Yeah. All right. That's fair enough. There we go. Okay. Next. Next, we have Treshawn Thurman, the Omaha transfer. I'm saying he's going to start more games than five star recruit Jordan Brown. I'll say this: uh, Jordan Brown's not starting Game One. Okay, I think it's good. Well, I'm confident in saying that. Um, hmm, you're reasoning because the hype of uh, both guys, I guess, but people love Brown. They want to see the young guy start right away. 
I would say I'd say you're right. I think I'll go with you. As for boldness, out from people who love Nevada basketball, they say Britton Brown. He's probably they're like they're probably saying he could be player of the year. Maybe better than Caleb Martin. Get him out <laughs> <Yeah>. there. <laughs> yep. But I would say boldness for the basket for the person who thinks not right. I don't want to say rational because that sounds rude to Nevada fans, but more well I'll say grounded fan, person. I would say boldness for me is probably like a, maybe three, but okay. for other people probably five plus. All right, that sounds good. All right, next one. We have San Jose State winning at least one conference game. I love your picture as well. <laughs> um, you're right, because you're not favored in any game. Mm-hmm. I would say it's bold, because how many, did, how many did they win last year? One. They beat Utah State. And they don't have Ryan Agnew anymore, right? And they, they, they're they down Agnew, for top three scorers from last season. Sorry, that's the that's basketball player for San Diego State. So. Yeah, Ryan Willage. Well, yeah, that's what I think of Willage. Willage, yeah. Um, do they get um, New Mexico? Or not New Mexico. Um, they get everybody at home once, right? Do they get Air Force at home? Yes, they do get Air Force at home. They're they're gonna Which... win. They're gonna win one conference game. They will. Okay, that's that's their most likely non-conference or excuse me, conference win at thirty-seven percent according to Ken Palm. So you're not saying more than one, but just one. It's just at least one. Yeah, they'll get at least one. And as for boldness. Okay. I'll probably go with the two on that. I'm sorry, two and a half. Okay. Just that's because right. it's one win, they could still it could lock you into one win. Now if yeah. you said two, whew, that'd be much like a <laughs> different story we're talking about. Here. That's upper echelon there. Okay, seventh, which we already discussed. I had UNLV finishing only ahead of San Jose State and Air Force. Ten. Ten? Yes. Woo. All right. Because people hate you for that, that's why. Not like as for me, how how close you can be to that, you're closer to being they are closer to being that than they are to being fourth. Okay. So Next one. And Let's go. then the Mountain West regular season title is decided on the last day between Nevada and San Diego State. It's hard to predict. I because what what this means is that obviously both teams are really good. It depends if we follow the Gary Parish route or your route, say when Nevada is going to lose. If Nevada is not losing, then it's really hot because that also means San Diego State's not losing at all either. Mm-hmm. I'd say it's about an eight ish. Because Nevada hosts Aztecs, so if it decides, you mean deciding the regular season title? Yeah, so the winner of that game wins the Mountain West regular season title. Outright? Mm, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not going to answer that. <laughs> oh, because if it's outright, that means like Nevada's lost probably at least two games in, or at least one. Probably they, at least they two. could. They could lose at least two conference games. It wouldn't, it wouldn't well, stun me. Let me ask this. I'll give you a bold pick. Nevada loses three conference games. Okay. Where would you put that at? Like uh, seven, only seven. <laughs> so that I means, mean, that'd be losing yeah. probably to at New Mexico, at San Diego State, and some weird game which probably could be a repeat loss at, at, Wyoming. at Wyoming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. So final one here. Oh boy. Okay. The last one. Final Nevada, Nevada reaches the final four. Clear. Clearly, that's a ten. I don't care if it's you're Kentucky, if you're Kentucky or Kansas or Duke. Jeremy, they're seventh in the AP pool. Yeah. <laughs> When's the last time? They, yeah, I, I understand. I don't care what team you are. Give me a final four. I'd say it's a ten. Uh, hear, hear me out. I see where you're going with this. Because obviously, there's a million things that have to go into consideration. I'm not gonna go way off the past. Like, oh, this guy, Lindsey Drew type injury like last year in his Achilles. But mm-hmm. bunch of new players. Schedule strength is okay. It takes a lot of luck to get the final four as well. Like. Look who Nevada faced last year and on the way to the tournament. I mean, like, you played double-digit seeds to go to the Final Four. 
mm-hmm. in the Chicago versus the Muck Factor. I'd say it's a 10 because it's never happened before. They've never, outside of having, was it, um, oh, shoot, can't think of the guys, but uh, Facenkis, wasn't he with Nevada? I want to say. What's um, that? Was it Facenkis about a decade ago with Nevada? They went pretty far. Yeah, Fazekas was yeah. not that long ago, but about about a decade. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it's just it's just hard to do that. That's my point. It's extremely hard. So, as for okay, let me rephrase this: the achievement is a ten, right? I mean, it's yeah, if it's elusive, it's incredibly it's hard to accomplish. As for the narrative, what people are saying in college basketball is across the country, it's really probably a six, six and a half. Okay, because a lot of people are predicting them to go to the final four, so. I, I maybe I'm mixing up what I should how how we're playing the game here, making the pools as we go. But I, I guess I'll go with seven because right. it's it's not out of the it's not overly out of the possibility that, that they do not get it, but it's still going to be a extremely difficult challenge, and they would be the that would be the best season ever for a Mountain West Conference school to get to the Final Four easily, and one of the best by a mid major ever as well. Um, do you do you have any bold prediction that you want to toss in here real quick? Oh man, um, I had my one about three losses. A bold prediction, I will say. Um, let me pull up my uh, team, my rank. Oh, I just closed the page. Oh crap! I'm looking at this, some my standing too. Here we go. Um, I will say, uh, yeah, three teams will make the Mountain West. Will make the NCAA, NCAA tournament. Three teams. Do you have? Do you know which ones? Yeah, Nevada, San Diego State, New Mexico. Okay. Even losing New Mexico being a step down player wise. And I'll go a step further. That'll be including Nevada winning the conference tournament. You think? Also, wait, you think Nevada's going to win the conference tournament? Yeah, and they'll get and get three teams in there, so it won't be a situation. Dang, last year. I'll go that far. I'll do it. Ooh, that man! Come on, you gotta go bold, right? <laughs> that's that's big time. Why not? New Mexico looks good. Like seriously, what if New Mexico's like twenty-eight and six, lose a couple of non-conference games, split versus Nevada and San Diego State, and make the title game? Yeah. Because that non-conference schedule is bad. It is. Uh, I, you want to bold, man. I'm giving you bold here. Okay. No, that, I like it. Like, I how, like it. how I said three and Nevada loses, you'd be more on board, right? Mm-hmm. Like, say Nevada, like yeah, last year, sure. where Nevada loses semifinals, where, say, it's San Diego State New Mexico again, mm-hmm. and then both those get in, plus Nevada. That's more plausible. I will say, um, okay, this one's bold, and it's going to make Spart- Spartans fans cry. Winless. I know, I know they have the life. Whole year. I know they have life Pacific week one. I will say, oh. I will say, winless division one. I swear, if you picked them to lose the life Pacific, I, I clarified division one. Okay, you think they're? Oh man, you think they're gonna lose to Bethany and Cookman at home? It could happen. Where are they? They're favored by one point on Kempom. Oh no! It's a pick them, man. Come on. Oh. <laughs> Why not, man? You gotta go. I'm going. Yes, for a bold man. I'm giving you ten. Here, straight ten. No, it's just. Oh, it's bad, Jeremy. It's bad. All right, let me. T- okay, I got one more. Um, All right. Uh, well, no, that one's that one's too easy. It's. I was gonna say Duke and San Diego State, but I don't want to go that route. That's kind of. That'd be more fun than that. But I, I was a sad one. I need to end with a good one. Um. Let's see. Like an individual one, maybe. I'm trying to think. individual player. No, I do like my. Should I, should I counter your Justin James and say thirty a game? Oh my goodness! No, because he'll. He, he, I don't even know the last good average thirty a game. Um, I will say, I got a good one here. Call. Let's go to Colorado State here. We haven't talked about them a lot. Well, they're losing okay. players, so maybe not. Um, my dream is Air Force to go hockey style playing basketball, but that's never gonna happen. Yeah. I know. I'll say this: Utah State finishes fourth in the conference. 
Fourth? Yeah. Is that bold enough? That's bold. Well, okay. Do you have a little tidbit on that? Just because. I like to say Meryl. Just because. <laughs> why Why can't I just go just because? Why is that bad to say? <laughs> I don't know. I should have some reason to back it up. No, you're a three-point thing where Meryl will get a lot more chances to shoot the ball. And he will be uh, the key guy in the offense. So, And he's another year, even though it's a new system, that's a step back. I'll see, yeah. Is that too, that's not bold, though, really, is it? I think it's pretty bold. Okay. I yeah. mean, they were, they were ninth in the preseason poll. So. Okay, I'll do it. Yeah. I like it. I'll go bold. And remember, people, because there was a certain prediction I made for a certain football team in town where people crucified me when it was a title <laughs> labeled bold, stupid, utterly impossible to happen, essentially, and I picked something crazy, and people still got after me. So that's what this huh. pick is, what these picks kind of are. So deal with it. What What is the highest individual point total in a single game this year? Ooh, that's a good one. How much or who by who? All right, let's do let's do both. I'm, I guess I guess stick with Justin James, right? I have to. Okay. I, I, how, how many do you think? I think there'll be a fifty-point game this year. Oh man! Come on, why not? <laughs> That's wild. Oh, that would be awesome. When's last is when's last fifty-point game? Was it um, wasn't Jimmer? Was it? Because he had, uh, for the conference or nationally conference. Probably Jammer. I don't. I don't think did anyone Kawhi else Lamp, would even come Kawhi, close. Did Kawhi ever do that? Probably not. With no. State. What about um? Oh no! Did it um? No um. Frazier from Fresno. Did he do it versus Arizona? Or did he put up like forty-five or something? Man, if he scored fifty, I feel like I would have remembered. I remember they came close. Um. So that had fifty-two against New Mexico yeah. in twenty eleven. Yeah, in the <laughs> conference tournament. I remember that, and they just cruised past them. And then Aztecs next game crushed BYU, which is awesome <laughs> in the title game <laughs> with Kawhi Leonard. Ah. Uh, I will uh, fifty. Um, no, can I say forty-five instead? Sure. I, I think I think there'll be a forty-five point game, but I'd love to see fifty. Okay, I will go with Deshaun Taylor, and I say he scores forty-one in a game this year. Forty-one. Uh, okay. Again, any any team? <laughs> um, <laughs> high-scoring game. I'll say against Wyoming. Okay, I think if you're gonna get that many points, it's not. It's gonna be a game where it's a back and forth. It's not gonna be playing some of this Colorado Christian or Life Pacific team. Right, right. Also, as a side note, Jordan Caroline had 45 in that crazy New Mexico comeback, ah, okay. so it's not completely out of the the possi- possibility. We could see it. Interesting. All right. So, anything else we need to add? We've gone an hour plus on the show. Man, it's fun. It's no, I think here. we're good. We're basketball I'm excited is- for this week. So we'll be back. I don't know when we'll be back. We need to set a time. I'm assuming – I don't want to assume anything. We'll be back maybe in two weeks, I think. Okay. Once each team has about four games in the books, so we can kind of go through and see. Maybe there'll be an emergency podcast if something crazy happens, like BYU beats Nevada. I'm just saying. San Diego State beats Duke by 20. Yeah, Thanksgiving podcast, right? Turkey time? Yeah. All right, so that's it for now. So check out everything on our site. Well, a bunch of basketball stuff. Where our goal is to like basically preview every of these games, even that Life Pacific Spartans game. There will be a preview for that one. So read at your own risk if you want to. Well, not at your risk. I'm sorry, but uh, read if you want to be. You know, read if you want to be informed because it might be the one bright spot of the year for the victory. <laughs> Good save, Jeremy. Hey, you know, you know, what I'm getting that's like. It, hey, it's tough to be a Spartan basketball fan right now. No, I, I got you. Yeah. So if you want to go to a cheap game, it's probably good to go see those games. Um, let's see the tickets mm-hmm. are. Hold on. Home opener versus Life Pacific. Um, it doesn't have a price in here, so is it free? <laughs> <laughs> Usually they have like ESPN puts a little like ticket price. Like the Colorado yeah. Christian, Colorado State game says it's $11 to get in. So I don't know what it would be for San Jose State. I'm guessing you can get them for $8. Okay. Yeah, I mean it should should be cheaper than that. 
But all right. <laughs> um, how about this? See if they will. Um, you know, there's games you donate to the food bank. Maybe it's one of those games. Go bring in some cans of uh, decent canned food and get it. I don't know. Go help. Some okay. Out. Well, um, I know. I'm. I bought my tickets for Washington Western Kentucky, and that was eight bucks. Okay. So if it's eight bucks for San Jose State Life Pacific, <laughs> they're <laughs> charging a <laughs> charging a premium. <laughs> <laughs> premium. All right, we are. I think we're officially done here. Check us out mwr.com. We have all of our previews, podcast, uh, team capsules. I think for most of the teams we did. Mm-hmm. So hey, stuff happens. You get what you get with us. But we'll be back talking basketball. We'll power rankings throughout the year. We may or may not have a Ken Palm schedule thing by me on Monday because it's a lot of work. I'm thinking, but yeah, check us out. Follow us on Twitter, Eli Betker. Um, best way to find a Twitter handle: go to the article where this uh, podcast is coming from. You'll see it there, or. If you go to the MWC Wire Twitter handle, it's listed there, Betker underscore Eli. So, you, you know, yes, he tweets about basketball. So that's who it is, right? That's right. All right, folks. Until next time.